Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Sunday Sessions. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can listen in to weekly episodes. Thank you. Do you remember how it felt as a child when life felt like your personal playground? That childlike curiosity before the labels and programmings enforced on you by society. Before life told you who to be. What if I told you you've been asleep and life is a giant video game? My combos are the red pill. Would you listen? All it takes is a change in perspective. Dab with me. Episode of Sunday Sessions with Rich, a platform where we would challenge your perspectives and insist in expanding your consciousness. As always, reality is a direct reflection of you, so be mindful of your inner talk. To my new listeners, welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to have you here. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss out on these weekly gems. And if you can, please, please leave reviews and ratings. It really helps my platform expand so that we can help other beautiful souls along their journey. Now, on this episode, I have a really special guest today. He is a certified Divine Mother Healing Practitioner and Divine Wisdom Speaker. He works with the energies of Divine Beings and Ascended Masters. Guy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. Pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. Guy, let us know about you, what you have going on. Let the, let the world know. Uh, very, very good. Uh, I'm also known as uh, Bliss with Guy. That's my uh, social media handle. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, Bliss with Bliss with Guy, I do share regularly sort of uh, divine, divinely guided uh, messages. Uh, sometimes I mix in a little bit of my own uh, thoughts there, but that's a great way to get to know me. And you can also visit me on my website, blisswithguy.com. I do offer one-on-one. -on -one uh, guided uh, sessions. Uh, I'm particularly available to help people at this really challenging time in our world history as we move through into the ascension. It's challenging for a lot of people and I'm here, there. I'm here to support people and help them guide them through uh, these uh, challenging times. I also have a, a monthly uh, sacred Circle. It's called Soul Family Chat Sacred Circle. If you go to uh, blisswithguy.com, you'll see the information uh, on that, how to sign up. I think the next one is uh, is this week, actually. The next one is uh, this, okay. this Thursday in the evening, uh, U.S. Uh, time. And also, I'm just launching, actually, I just did my first uh, interview. I'm, I'm launching a podcast, a YouTube Let's interview show. Uh, Let's go. Yes, yeah, uh, called uh, Soul Family Chat, using the Soul Family Chat name. And that has its own website, uh, soulfamilychat.com. If you go there, you can subscribe and get notified of uh, interviews. Uh, the theme of the interviews are uh, mystics, visionaries, and way showers. And so I'm very excited, uh, I'm very excited about, uh, about that. I love it. I, I know that you were, uh, you mentioned that you were, getting started with your podcast i'm happy for you 
Yes, yeah, it was good to get the uh, the first one under my belt. <laughs> you know how that is. Yes. Welcome to the podcast journey, brother. Guys, I'm going to have everything that Guy has described in the link below the episode. Please, please check and support. We are uh, divine beings helping the collective during this ascension process. So it's important for us all to stick together. Now, um, this episode, we were talking about uplifting the collective consciousness. And before we start, Guy, what brought upon your spiritual awakening? How did you even get started? Well, I began on a traditional spiritual path, you could say. In my late late teens, I was uh, reading uh, Hermann Hesse and uh, other uh, sort of spiritual spiritual books, and I, I was also engaging in some substances i would say that expanded my mind a little bit and uh, <laughs> i did hear about uh, transcendental meditation at, at the time Ooh. and uh, I, I was just going through those difficult times being a teenager and wondering what what life is all about i wasn't completely satisfied with the with the with the substance uh, approach uh, wasn't always leaving me feeling fe feeling great and so I decided I was, that I was going to learn uh, Transcendental Meditation. So I, I learned uh, TM when I was uh, 21. And uh, when I was 25, I moved to Fairfield, Iowa, to Marshall University. And uh, the next 10 years or so, I went very intensely on that kind of yogic path, you know, with the guru and all the guidance and Vedic studies. I participated in some of the largest group meditations that have ever been held on this planet. Sometimes you have 5,000 people uh, meditating together for uh, one time was, uh, or even for a month, <laughs> meditating every day, many hours a day. Wow. And so, you know, in that sense, that was a traditional sort of yogic path. And that brought, you know, many awarenesses and expansions in my life. But what I think what you're referring to is the, the spiritual awakening when kind of everything really kind of changes and, and you know, we wake up to more of the truth of who we, the truth of who we are. I think that being on the yeah. yogic path, spiritual path, the mantra path, it was fantastic, but I wasn't dealing with a lot of the and traumas and things that were, that were present in me. I mean, I think it helped, but it was, they weren't completely uh, dealt with. And so what happened in around 2010, um, I got divorced and, uh, from my wife at the time and I had, a, I had a son. And so I had to go and live by myself. I pretty much lost all my money, went down to zero, um, was kind of homeless. Not, not, in a, not in a bad way, like I had to sleep on the street, but I had to... I had to bunk up with friends who were generous to let me stay with them while uh, while I got back on my feet. But it was, you know, very much a destruction of you know my status, my ego, confidence, everything. And so over about a period of about ten years, really eight to ten years, really up until now, it's sort of been a journey of of healing and 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 awakening. And I started to work with. Um, you know, the Divine Mother Energy about uh, five years ago. I mentored with uh, a woman called uh, Connie Hubner from Divine Mother uh, Guidance and Healing. And I started taking all her programs and, and learned her energy healing uh, 
techniques. Uh, so I'd say that you know, the awakening really became with that period of just being stripped of everything. Um, Starting over from the, from, the, from the beginning. Yes, yeah, and I think that, I think that material things, being stripped of material things is, is something, it's not great, uh, but we can handle that. But it's the, uh, it's more the uh, psychological things like self, my status in society. And I mean, I was doing quite well, you know, financially up until uh, 2010. And I remember not having a car, not having a place to live. And uh, really, I, I think it was just, I went into kind of a low level depression, a full level depression sort of after the divorce and you know, wondering what, which way was up. And I remember it, uh, I didn't have a car for a while. I sold my car to pay some bills. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> I sold my car to pay some bills and it just, you know, it just bought me two or three more months before I crashed out. But I remember not having a car. Uh, you know, I live in the Midwest. It's it's not not okay. uh, it's not a non car friendly place. I live in the country. Yeah. Uh, but I remember getting a first car for a few hundred dollars, and it was just this kind of beater. And then I got another one. I got this big grand uh, what was it grand marquee, and it all kind of it had the paint peeled off on it, but it had a good engine. And a friend helped me buy it. But it was like just getting used to driving around town and people looking at me. Like before, I had a Lexus, you know, super now it's like I got this beater. And noticing which people stayed with me and which which didn't, you know, some of my friends were more affluent, well-to-do, kind of, Ugh, you know, don't don't want to be yeah. with him anymore. And um, so that was just all of that was just like an incredible experience. I just did a lot of work on on my heart, particularly with the divine mother, uh, divine mother energy work, and just went through different processes and and. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I got into a couple of experiences, relationships with other people where there was mm -hmm. some abuse and different things like that. And that, that was also like a big awakening for me, really understanding what my sovereignty was, what my personal boundaries were. Yeah. And, uh, so it's not like, um, you know, to answer your question, but it's not like there was this one aha moment where it, where it all where it all yeah. happened. It was a, a process like this, but definitely from 2010 to uh, uh, 2008. I've realized that we have multiple awakenings um, throughout, throughout our journey. And so when you think that the initial birth is one, it's not. So I think that's really interesting. Now you, you mentioned something about transcendent meditation. I really thought that was interesting. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Uh, yes, I mean, transcendental meditation was introduced to the Western world uh, probably late 50s or early 1960s by uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who was uh, known popularly as the... Uh, uh, as the the guru to the to the Beatles, so it's a mantra meditation technique based on uh, the Vedic uh, Vedic tradition. You just sit with your eyes closed, and it's a very simple, natural kind of effortless uh, technique, and it allows you to uh, transcend thought. I mean, when you when you practice, you actually go go beyond the thought. It's actually completely effortless, which is I think that's one of the unique things about. Uh, TM, Transcendental Meditation, and, and the body and the nervous system really 
really settles down. They did a lot of scientific research and showed that uh, you know, the, it was actually during transcendence, the body was in a fourth state of consciousness, you know, different, different from sleeping, dreaming, and waking. Actually, the nervous system was in a complete state of uh, restful alertness. So I did that for many years and did the advanced programs. And I, I, I did several years like a monk. Uh, the TM organization had kind of a, a special forces group that would uh, they had for single men and for single women and uh, we'd live in kind of retreat centers and just uh, meditate most of the day and do a little bit of service in in, 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 the, in the middle of the afternoon and I did that for several years it was you know just incredibly incredibly powerful uh, and uh, you know it created a lot of changes um, in my life I mean I went very very deep sort of within during those years Wow. Now, I want to, I know that we are in a strange uh, collapse of the Matrix um, episode right now, I like to call it. Um, what's your view on what's going on right now? I know it's a lot of uh, fear-based programmings that are uh, trying to keep the collective in that certain timeline, but you can't stop the uh, great awakening that's happening right now. We, we are well underway. Exactly. Uh, it, can't, it, it, it can't be stopped. Uh, but uh, there, there are forces that certainly think that they can and that they can and, and, and they can try. And we're we're really at the at the point where you know, victory has already been assured. It's really just a question of uh, how smooth the the transition is and how quickly everyone wakes up and how many people kind of join the, the ascension and awakening, uh, the, the awakening timeline and you know, it could determine how many people actually stay on the planet, whether it goes slow or, or fast. And, and yeah. just to be very clear here that it's really not a problem if people leave the planet. I know, obviously, <laughs> from a human experience, if you're connected to somebody who leaves the planet, <laughs> that's a painful experience. But for the souls that, that leave uh, at this time, they'll also just continue their journey at a super rapid pace on the other side of the, uh, of the veil. So it's, yeah, it's really a question of how fast the transition is right now, like how fast that matrix collapses and how fast the people, you know, people, wake up and uh, recent information I got is, is that it's going pretty well, you know, that we're kind of a, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're almost like ahead of the curve. We're going pretty fast. Um, and so there could be, uh, I, that information came from uh, Jacqueline Hobbs, uh, Oracle girl, just uh, give her the credit there. I mean, she was talking around about 14 months of quite difficult, transition if things go as, as fast as they're going yeah. and she said if, if it slows down and people wake up slower then it could be five or six years of um, quite difficult uh, uh, difficult transition transition because you helped you helped help me and reminded me it was a tweet that you uh, I think you posted like a few days ago and it was just reminding me to not adopt to the fear-based timeline and not um, 
keep that narrative going. And thank you. And I was grateful for that reminder that like, crap, I was kind of feeding into it and just taking a step back and just continuing to just uh, vibrate and emit the the ascension time that's going on. So I really want I want to thank you for that one because that really brought me back in. Great. Well, I'm glad that, I'm glad that was of help. I think that the thing is is that it's natural to feel fear. Uh, you, you have this uh, mainstream media that is going 24-7 with its uh, well, let's yep. not beat about the bush with its mind control, and. Uh, yeah. When they say, you know, we're going to do this or that, you know, maybe uh, have you put a jab in your arm and we're going to make everybody do it. And you're not, you're probably not human if you don't get a little flutter about that and go, whoa, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, what's it's going on? Cool. How am I going to, how am I going to avoid this? And, so that's natural, but it's just stepping back from that and not identifying with it. Just say, "Oh yeah, I had a I had a fear reaction to that," but I know it's not, you know, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's not real. Um, so it's okay to have a fear, but not to is remember to step back and not identify with it. Because if you if you think about it, I mean, fear is the is the number one way that we are controlled and that we're, we're kind of kept in the lower vibration uh, time timeline. So when we, uh, when we buy into fear, then we're just kind of identifying with that lower vibrational timeline. And it's a little bit yep. why you need yep, yep. to be, you know, have some discernment with how much time, I mean, we all need to have some discernment with about how much time we spend in, uh, what the matrix calls conspiracy theory, or let's call it, you know, alternative narratives to uh, to their reality. Yeah. Um, it just and I'm not like a black and white guy on this. But, I mean, I definitely, I definitely dabble, but I kind of, I try and check into myself and say, yeah, that that that's enough. And I'm also pretty much once I know about how something works, I don't need to become an expert on it. <laughs> there was, in fact, you know, you were asking me about TM meditation earlier, and uh, I talked. I think he 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 had a quote that said, "You know, you don't really want to become an expert in darkness." <laughs> okay, okay, now that makes sense. I noticed, um, like this entire year was a constant trigger after after the other, and I realized those constant triggers that happened this year was the way for these souls to wake up because it was one heartbreak after another and it seems like suffering is a key point in the awakening process i've 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 realized that wow yeah that that's um that's a very interesting point and could talk at length length on that in my teachings i was taught in in my vedic teachings that suffering was an unnecessary part of life. However, it mm. seems to be that that we all go through experiences that, difficult experiences and challenges that trigger our, our awakening. I think the, the suffering is actually just 
our reaction to the experience. And so maybe that does confer that, you know, the suffering actually isn't really necessary. Just the suffer I mean, you understand that, right? I mean, the suffering is, is, yeah. is the reaction to it. For example, when I didn't have a home and didn't have a car, the suffering is from the internal dialogue of, oh, poor me. And what's everybody, what's everybody going to think of Guy Harvey? Cause he's, uh, yep. he's on the street and, uh, how am I going to get out of this? And, and, and all of that. I mean, it could have been in a place of non-suffering, just saying, oh, okay, this is. <laughs> this is. This is what's yeah. happening. And uh, great. Okay. What am I going to do today? <laughs> so. Because every, everything's. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, I, my favorite analogy, spiritual analogy of all time is the, uh, the analogy of the line in stone versus the line in sand versus the line in water versus the um, the line in air. And I think my understanding and I'd say my experience as well is, is that the line is always going to be there. We're always going to experience the line. It's just a question is, do we perceive it as a line in stone or all the way through to maybe a line in air, which is uh which we don't we do, you know, aligning air doesn't impact us as as much and there's lots of um you know interesting stories of kind of awakened saints and things that had you know very chronic diseases and pain and, and things like that but they were still in uh you know, still in sort of unlimited awareness and uh, cosmic awareness, unity consciousness, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult concept for, for some people to, yeah. to understand. It's, 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 like, for, okay. it's, it's like for, for me and you, for example, we, it could, this can impact us. Uh, it could have impacted us in a, in a negative way, but me and you and a lot of these beautiful beings who are listening right now um, are aware to what's happening. So it's not impacting us in a way that it would uh, other beings who are adopting and, you know, being programmed that fear narrative by the media who's pumping, especially on Twitter and the news, I uh, guess the constant um, uh, force of like, Hey, you can't do this unless you're vaccinated. Like I'm, I'm, I'm curious on your take about vaccination because I think that it should raise a lot of red flags if you're being forced to take something? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, do the research. Uh, Robert Kennedy has done some, just do, do the research on previous vaccines. Uh, particularly, I really like the work that Robert Kennedy's done in activism on this. Um, I, saw a recent, I saw a recent documentary on the, the vaccine uh, uh, the vaccine injury injury act, which basically protects the industry from uh, uh, from being sued for, for for the injuries. So, I mean, I've looked into it very extensively, and there's not a good it's not a good track record up until now. But uh, from what I understand about yeah. this new one, it's a different thing. This thing's going to alter people's DNA. It's going to alter people's ability to have right. source connection. It's um, it's basically connected to the transhuman transhumanism, uh, transhuman agenda, uh, 
So mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, if people don't agree with me, then that's fine. But uh, look, uh, look into it. And this research, yeah, I think I think that's what's what's making up people are not doing and I get it because you're 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 fearful of the virus but what I like to remind people is you know just you can take care of your immune system you don't have to adopt to the media's fearful narrative if you if you keep us um digesting every day that um numbers have spiked and you have to be fearful or you have to wear your mask and your body's going to react to that and you're more susceptible to you know whatever's going on instead of just saying Hey, there's been a flu that's been around for, you know, eons. I've been great. What makes this any different? But it's just the media's fearful narrative and this overhype of it that's that's causing so many. Yes, I mean, I mean, the media are it's it, they're masterful at mind control. I mean, they, uh, you know, marketing's my field. You know, besides the sort of spiritual field, marketing's my field, and there's a close correlation between, you know, marketing, propaganda and brainwashing. It's actually all the same principles. They use all the, you know, Caldini principles of, of, of persuasion, uh, uh, that they focus on your emotional button, hot buttons, the, the reptilian part of the brain, you know, fear, food, sex, things like that. So, but fear of course is the, is, is, is the big drive. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I mean, my son, goes to one of the big uh, Iowa universities and a little um, towards the end of the summer when all the kids went back to school, I guess that was in August, uh, I was surprised to read about my son's university in, in The Guardian in the UK. You know, this is like an international story that, that uh, Ames, wow. Iowa, Iowa State University and Iowa City where University of Iowa is, those are the two big state universities. These were like the hottest COVID places on the planet, you know, and I had pe- people here talking to me, freaking out, and because uh, I'm in Iowa as well. And uh, you know what was fascinating about that was, and I said to my son, well, "Let's just see, you know, what? Let's just see in a month, like what's really going on." And and I said at the start of this thing to a lot of people, I said, "I live in a very small place. I live in a town of ten thousand people. It's actually easier to see what's really going on because." You can actually know by word of mouth, or you can drive by the hospital and see how many people are there. You, know, you can actually, you, it like if a lot of people are in a certain, Which you know, when somebody dies here, you hear you hear about it from Fred, Fred at the grocery store. Oh, did you hear that John died? So you know stuff. Yeah. And I, of course, we're not, you know, rural areas maybe hit less. But which is back to the the story of the university. I mean, a month later there was nothing. I mean, there wasn't stories of all these people dead, but, but I went on to CNN yeah. and they had a story about one student that, that had died from COVID and they had a whole story about him and a big story and how painful and terrible it was for his family. So they found one, you know, they found one student mm-hmm. in the whole freaking that's country the and then put the lens one. on it. And that's how all the fear that is done. They take the, microscope and they put it on what they do a picture of a child and that you know in a war and then they say oh now we need to invade that country because look at this one child and you know anyway get me started on all of that but so 
So yeah, they drive they drive the fear, but I love it. You have to look at what's uh, what's real. I mean, I, I, I mean, the important thing for me for people to really take a look at is when you look at all these reactions and lockdowns and social isolation and everything like that. Is it so? Is it really all connected to a disease? Is it is it is it an appropriate reaction? For example. I don't have, I'm sorry I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the amount of people that die from hunger every day in the world is absolutely massive. And I just can't remember them ever. I can't There's remember no them shutting the world down and that. lifting the finger to deal with that one. Which, gets, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. should make you but think. <laughs> I feel like people aren't thinking enough. I feel like it's been orchestrated. Like I can see when it first started, like when the when the news first broke about it, my soul was like, nah, something don't feel right. And as they continue to roll out certain plans, they slowly making you um, not question, uh, for example, lockdown, I call it house arrest. You, you, like you, you can't do certain things. So you, you, sp- you spoon feeding the, the house arrest um, agenda. And then you're saying, okay, well, you can't travel unless you take this so you can't go to a concert and it's just it, you have to question you you have to question the the the, the agenda and the motives behind certain things and i feel like a lot well of i think that um and and yeah i confer with everything you're saying i think what's important here and i just want to qualify from like my earlier rant is is that uh, that yeah. The most important thing that we can do is kind of embody our own experience because we can't really wake people up by shouting at them on Twitter or, or wherever. Um, just yeah. intellectual information alone will not wake uh, people up because it's it's a it's a complex thing, but it, it's to do with it's to do with consciousness. I mean, uh, some people just don't have. Uh, just the awareness is just not open enough to be able to perceive the the truth yet uh, mm-hmm. but our embodiment our embodiment helps just embodiment of our own life frequencies and just and just being being who we are and speaking speaking our own truth not not like to persuade people and convince people but just just speak their own truth like like uh i i invited a friend over there was three of us getting together at a friend's house uh i think it was thanks thanksgiving night and i have a friend who's kind of buys in a little bit to the to the mainstream and everything like that and he says he says well you know you're all going to social distance right you know at the party and i said i said you're welcome to do whatever you need to do you know, you can wear your mask and you can be in the corner and, uh, but no, no, like, in other words, I'm not like laying a trip on him and explaining him. It's just like this. I'm just embodying. I'm just, I'm just being my sovereign self and saying, yeah, we're not changing our lifestyle. We're not changing our behavior because, because you're in the fear of fear vibration. And so that like, that can, that embodiment can actually help wake people up. You know, because it's like, okay, you know, they have to, it it forces them to uh, self-reflect. He had to decide whether he's going to come to the party or not. He did come, you know, and he did his thing. But um, do you follow what I'm saying? 
Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. I think that's interesting because you, you're you're respecting and honoring that soul's, um, I guess, wish and free will at that moment, but also saying, hey, I understand you're adopting the fear programming, and I'm gonna let, I'm allow you to do your free will, but over here, yeah, yeah, exactly. Will. And we were very polite to him and accommodating at, without changing our behavior in any way. In other words, without allowing him, his fear to infringe on our sovereignty in any way. And, and mm. yeah, and then this is it. Sovereignty is the word. I mean, it's all about maintaining our own sovereignty. And that's what it's going to, that's what it's going to, that's what it's going to come to. And collectively, we all, maintain our own sovereignty, then it will work out fine. I agree 100%. I know deep down, I mean, me and you know exactly how this is panning out. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting. This is happening for the shifting collective. Um, and so you just have to be mindful throughout the transition, but also, like you said, just, just speak your truth. Like, I think it's beautiful that me and you and other um, divine beings or even listening to this show or just, you know, out in the world, they, they are having their own platform to spread their truth and that in itself. That, absolutely. And, uh, and I took a decision, you know, a few weeks ago that I was going to speak some truth that just came to me that I needed to do that. And I have, you know, sort of a spirit it's like a spiritual twitter account so people are kind of expecting the love and light and all uh, and all of that but i decided to speak my truth on a couple of these mm. major issues i'm not a truther account you know i'm not really that kind of account but i just couldn't and i can tell a few people uh it's kind of get back in your box you know and just just we just want the love and light yeah. and <laughs> yeah. you know, so i'm sorry it's like this is uh, this has to be said. Um, yeah, this this has to be said. It makes me feel um, uncomfortable. Right, uh, right now. Uh, one thing I, I referred to uh, Jacqueline Hobbs earlier, Oracle Girl, who I, I find to be very spot on on, on on most most things, and she was saying that the uh, the more pressure that is put on us let's say by the government, for example, well, let's call it just the matrix because it's the government plus the tech companies, plus the corporations, plus the media, plus it's, it's one big alliance. Yeah. The more pressure that they put on us, the stronger, the stronger that we will get. And, and uh, that, that's the thought that came to me yesterday. It's like, we will get put under so much pressure and then we just get stronger and stronger and stronger until we break the chains. And, and that's a, um, you know, it's very interesting kind of scenario to consider because I think that we're going to be pushed to the brink because I don't think the, you know, the day are going to hold back. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen what's been rolled out in different countries like in Australia and they're going for full court press because that's, this is their last stand. So it's going to be really, they're going to push really, really hard, but we're just going to get stronger and to the point that, yeah, that we break the chains. 
and another um yeah the mental chains the mental chains but it will also be in the physical life as uh, as well just in no we're not going to do it we're not going to take it um yeah. uh, oh uh, whom i think you know magenta magenta pixie who's a sort of a youtuber channeler uh, it was a video of hers a, uh, a week or so ago and she said she said there'll be three three lockdowns and three waves of awakening so she corresponded each lockdown with a wave of awakening she said you know the first one not much happened i mean people just people just went with it <laughs> second one accepted it then people yeah. started to be less compliant it's not working a hundred yeah and more more awakening and she said the third one everybody's gonna mm. like say that's enough is enough and um, yeah i think to add to that point i think it's interesting the longer they stretch this out the more it doesn't make sense because during the first lockdown okay you said we have to wear masks for however long you have to be in the house forever long. Okay, we did that. Now you're saying we have to do it again with more measurements. Like, okay, this isn't working. And like you said, the second, like the, each lockdown is going to continue to um, trigger and make people question like, hey, this doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was just watching that the video that went viral from the, uh, the restaurant owner in uh, Los Angeles and I saw her interview on on. Uh, Fox Fox Television, and you know, she 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 was uh, she was a great speaker. She stated she stated some very obvious facts, like people can't live without food and without rent, <laughs> and um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's where where is this where is this going? Uh, I mean, it's possibly it's going where. They're going to wait until everybody's on their knees, and then they'll offer the the universal basic income or whatever the the, the bribe and the dependency. And yeah, I mean, well, I just see what's happening in other 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 countries. I know, like in Canada, and and I've seen plans 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 like that. I have to say, I was. Um, I used to think universal basic in income was a good idea, but now I'm starting to see it as a as an instrument of control. I mean, I mean, if I want to get really out there, I'd rather that they release free energy than give us universal basic income. I mean, we can create a lot more wealth <laughs> with free energy than thousand dollars a month, you know, to do nothing. So. One hundred percent, like you said, it's just the media's not the media, the um, the elite, the cabal. Um, their way of controlling us a little bit more, but it is backfiring them, backfiring on them tenfold. They are on their last leg. They're desperate. They're pushing out all the stops, but you cannot stop. Yeah, and, and it's really, uh, it's really not about, it's really not about them. I mean, it's about us. It's about our own awakening, and we everything that exists in terms of control on this planet, mm -hmm. the popular everybody, we've all complied with it. And uh, without our compliance, uh, yeah. um, it, it, can't, it can't last. And I think that one recommendation I do have mm -hmm. you know, for people listening is, is to take an inventory in your life and uh, see where you're 
where you complain and and don't uh, feel like some burden about this that you have to do to do it all at once but just take baby steps and just take incremental 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 yeah. steps so if you're doing a lot of shopping on Amazon you know maybe you think about buying more local and you know plant a garden grow some food i mean just just any every incremental step that every human being takes towards kind of self-sufficient sovereignty and less compliance with the matrix you know drops drops of water fill buckets and mm -hmm. buckets of water can fill rivers and rivers can fill oceans and um just just taking those those little steps because if you if you take the attitude for example well uh, it's almost impossible i do this job and i need the money from that and uh i can't i need to get stuff from amazon and i can't really give up netflix and all uh, and all of that so i'm basically not going to do anything because it's it's almost impossible that's defeatist just just take take steps and don't judge other people about where they are in in their process yeah. because you know one one thing might be easy for me to disengage from from the matrix but for you it might that particular thing might be difficult for you because it's you know life critical uh for you and vice versa there's things that might be easy for you to let go of but for me they're, they're not so don't judge other people on it but just see take an inventory where where you're you know where you where you're complying i mean do people know like netflix like uh, Netflix and Hollywood, I mean, all these movies and entertainment, I mean, most of them are made uh, through the intelligence agencies and, and yep. the Pentagon. And, and I think most, I think, I've, I don't know how much of probably, you know, 80% of Netflix. Forget that figure. I'm just pulling that out of my, out of my hat. But, it, but to give you an idea, the, these... All these entertainment and networks, no, you're, you're right. it's all social engineering and hey, look, I, I watch some Netflix and I watch some movies and this and that, but yeah, just, just think about, just think about where you can pull back a bit on some of these things. It's interesting. You had mentioned uh, Amazon. So I'm out in the UK right now. I'm in Bristol um, and I, it's a lot of small shops. And so I noticed during the lockdown when I was, uh, when I first arrived here, um, the shops, you know, were closed and, you know, Amazon is booming. So I was thinking like, wow. So another, maybe, I, mean, not, I don't want to say maybe, I think it is. I think another point of these lockdowns are to shut down those small shops and, you know, allow Amazon to boom. And then I'm just thinking like, it's, it's sad because you have such beautiful shops and people who, you know, spent their life savings and, this is their livelihood. This is how they feed their family, and they're forced to close shop. And Amazon just, uh, you know, not takes advantage, but um, is uh, benefiting greatly from it. But I know it's, you know, not that. But I also realized when I when I arrived here, just people questioning and just not um, complying to what, for example, how it is in Chicago. Like when I was in Chicago. You saw everyone, even if even if it's outside, walking around with a mask, and people not questioning. And here, I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing. I, I see a few people wearing a mask, but not that much. And even like walking into stores, I can walk into stores out here and not wear a mask. Whereas in Chicago, you're getting barked at 
you know, for... I think, I mean, that's possibly because maybe they've been put under more pressure in the UK and then there's more reaction to it. Like I said, uh, for example, like where I am in Iowa, we really haven't been put under that much pressure. I mean, there's, uh, but I, because I, I, I follow UK a fair amount. I follow um, Anna Brees on Twitter, who's great. She's really doing a great job. She's kind of an independent journalist, former BBC, great person to follow, uh, at Brees Anna. Um, really great. Yeah, I follow the UK a lot. Well, it's in, yeah, it's interesting to hear your um, observations because I think they're in, their, they're in, obviously they're in the second lockdown and it's like people are kind of like can't take it anymore, right? Yeah. Nope. Cause like, for example, I had went to this town called, well, city called Bath and they were completely open shops, restaurants. It was as if like, you know, pre uh, COVID, but whereas in Bristol, it's not the same. So it's, it's, it's kind of like you're entering two different dimensions, two different timelines when you're shifting and it's really, really weird, but I'm just grateful. Um, the just awareness of the people and just not feeling like I have not I mean not that I have to conform because I don't have to but just feeling the freedom of saying ah okay people are 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 questioning people are not tolerating this anymore because like you said it's, it's that pressure it's that pressure that um, that's continuing to be pushed on and people are just like this I this this doesn't make sense this just doesn't make sense I want to. Um, ask you for our last question. Um, what is your message to humanity <laughs> okay. at this time? Yeah, well, let me just. Uh, now you can take your time. I know let it's me see what's coming through here. Uh, you are beautiful. You're beautiful. You're all beautiful, divine beings. Sovereignty and freedom is your birthright. And only you can give away your sovereignty and freedom. It's inherent uh, within you. And just keep going within until you find that strength, until you find that sovereignty within, within yourself. And take a stand where... Uh, where, when you can start to express that, that, that sovereignty in a way that's safe. Safety first. It's always important to protect your precious, you know, human nervous system and physiology. So most sophisticated, uh, what can we call it? <laughs> you know, device on the planet. Yeah. Wow. I felt that in my heart space. That was that was beautiful. Um Guy, I really, really want to thank you for um being on today's episode. I was really excited uh when you reached out um about linking up. Um the collective needs this information at this time. And me and you are doing our due diligence with just assisting the collective 
and it's a centering process. And I'm very grateful to uh, share this moment with you, uh, first and foremost, um, just being mirrors and just divine beings and just um, having this um, divine. Oh, thank you so much, Richard. It's really been a, you know, a pleasure and an honor uh, to be on your show. And I love what you're doing. And when we come together like this, we created a vibration. We created a ripple through the, through the whole universe for the positive timeline. And let's leave it at that. <laughs> Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Guys, as always, you are the creator of your own reality. Be mindful of what you think, feel, and say. A reality is a direct reflection of you. Uh, just be embodiment of love. Um, like me and Guy was speaking of, just be mindful of uh, what you're uh, digesting in the media and just continue being um, great divine beings. And we will continue seeing you during this transfer, uh, transition into the um, new timeline that we're already uh, just love to everybody uh, love love love, love. Oh, um, guys thank you again for being on guys um, I hope you have an amazing week uh, an amazing day you are divine beings thank you so much for uh, checking out thank our you. episode until next week guys thank you again mm -hmm.